Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to Football Manager Therapy. I'm Matt Richards, and on this week's episode, Nesta, can you handle this? Maldini, can you handle this? Bracey, can you handle this? I don't think they can handle this. Woo! Better move. He's arrived. Looking deadly. Looking fly. Baddest forward. Plays inside. Ruby Costa. Jam tonight. Spotted me. A dangerous fang. There you are. Come on, Rui. Don't you wanna pass to me? Can defenders handle me? You gotta do much better if you're gonna play against me tonight. <laughs> You gotta work your booty if you gotta play against me tonight. Read my runs carefully if you like what I see. Move groove prove you can hang with me. By the looks I got you shook and scared of me. Get out your seat fans, it's time for kickoff. I don't think you're ready for Viola. I don't think you're ready for Viola. I don't think you're ready for this. Cause my striker is Gabby Batistuta, babe. I don't think you're ready for Viola. I don't think you're ready for Viola. I don't think you're ready for this. Cause my striker is Gabby Batistuta, babe. Woo! Joining me as always is the Beyonce <laughs> to my Kelly. It's Tony Jameson. <laughs> Mate, I, like, I know every week I say that this is my favourite episode, but this one is genuinely my favourite intro. There's like, there was a part where, and fair play by the way, for... Like, how do I even break this down as to which bit's my favourite bit? Like, I'll tell you the bit that I thought, that this is the swerve, right? The swerve was when you said, mm. uh, Gabriel Batistuta, I thought you were going to say that you can't handle my gelato and use that as your Italian reference. But fair play, man. Nice, you, you yeah. Just, you, yeah, you swerved me. Absolutely swerved me. It's, uh, yeah. it's just a thing of beauty, I'm, that I'm, like, it really is. I, I was going to say, like, I was like, I was genuinely tempted just to sing, like, Ness and Dorma. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, shall I just sing Ness and Dorma? <laughs> and, like, and then go with that. But then I was like, no, nah, that's too obvious. I didn't want to go too obvious. Uh, of course, that was Destiny's Child, or as they're now known, Beyonce, uh, with Bootylicious. Um, do, you know, do you know what the sample is on that song? Do you know? Do you know what the original song is? Uh, you know what? I, I'm off the top of my head, no. But I have, I have actually come across this before and worked it out. Uh, but no, right? You've put me on the spot a little bit, and I can't really get it. It's uh, Stevie Nicks. So Edge of Seventeen. There you go. That's yes. That's just, that has that's nothing right, to do yeah, with yeah. football or football manager. But but you know when you know when we're allowed to go to pub quizzes again, like. Good pub quiz question, that. Uh, also, she's actually in the, the first 10 seconds of the video. Uh, she's playing the guitar. She's playing the riff on the guitar. So there you go. Ah, it's just, you know, see, look, everyone comes to this podcast thinking, oh, it's going to be about a video game and football. No, no, no. You're getting Destiny's Child and Stevie Nicks knowledge. So much uh, more, mate. Like, we're just, we're, we're rounded. That's what we are. We're rounded. Like, you know, we've evolved. You know, we're, we're talking about... We spoke over the week, didn't we, about, you know, how we, we feel as though the podcast is, is maturing. From episode one to to now, and yeah, you're right. I think uh, I think we've turned, mate. I think we've absolutely turned, and this is uh, I like where we're going here. 
Yes, indeed. Uh, and where we're going today, uh, we do not need roads because we're talking everything <laughs> calcio. That's right. We're going back to Italy. We're going back to Serie A and, and probably Serie B as well. Uh, as we uh, round off our uh, look at some leagues around Europe to try and entice you or maybe inspire you to pick a team uh, for your FM21 save this season. Uh, we we did hold off on going back to Italy because if, again, like we have said a million times, if it was our way, uh, we would just, just talk about Serie A and 90s Italian football all the time. But, you know, we understand that there is other football out there. Uh, but nonetheless... Uh, we are being very indulgent on, on Football Manager Therapy this week as we recorded a fr- the Freddy Adu episode for our Patreon yesterday and now we get to talk about our favourite league uh, from when we were young, young weans uh, growing up as football fans in the 90s. Yeah, so I think there's there's definitely something quite sort of nostalgic really about not just Football Manager uh, and not just Italian football, like obviously they, they blur together quite nicely. You know, there was the Championship Manager Italia series when we were young. Um, and because at the time, because that was what, you know, Italian football was the best football at that time. Like, you know, you, you, Italian 1990s. Oh, it was just, it was just perfect. It was presented well. It was the world's greatest players. Like money was thrown left, right and centre. Um, you know, players moving for, Ten million pounds, <gasps> like just unreal, unreal, absurd money at the time, um, and, and ultimately, ultimately, this all boils down to our love of James Richardson. Oh yes, a hundred percent. It's it's where it all started, uh, and, and even even the intro, even the intro is a little bit of a homage to James Richardson, who um, likes to likes to mix it up with his with his intros even to this day i've i have heard james richardson sing bootylicious <laughs> do you know what he might have done but no, he does he likes to he likes to mix in his little his little nods to to rap music and popular culture with with his intros and his and his little segues so um he's obviously the greatest at it um and and before before we started recording tonight i did actually um go to his youtube channel because he uh a fair while ago he he'd upla- uh, uploaded some um gazetta football italia episodes on there so uh yeah if you've got a spare minute and if you're especially if you're a younger listener uh go and treat yourself see what football looked like in the 90s yeah it looked better than any football ever is is what is what it was um like ignore any of the static that you probably get watching this but just oh yes, loads of it. Bear in mind, like the quality of like every single team. I know, like people say now that you know the Premier League is the greatest league of all time, and it's not, right? Everyone knows it. It's not okay. Like Italy in the nineties, every team was jam packed full of absolute world class players, mm. and not just world class players from all over the world, but every Italian player that was in those teams were the best Italian players like and I think that's what what I like about Italy is that the best Italian players tend to stay predominantly Mm. in Italy well like obviously when um the late 80s to early 90s the the they still had the rule in Italy where you could only sign two foreign players you can only register two foreign players for 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 your team um and then that started Mm -hmm. to to change a bit um as like uh, Arrigo Sacchi's like uh, Milan side, you know, when they, when they had Van Basten, uh, right guard and, and Rude Hullet. And then sort of like the early 90s into the mid 90s was the explosion of, of 
it becoming like an incredibly rich league and a lot of like exports coming in. But you always had like, there was almost like every team like had a theme. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> like, good point. Signings. So obviously, yeah. like, had, like, you know, you had Milan at the beginning with, you know, like you had Milan with their, their Dutch uh, trio, but then you had like Inter Milan with their German players for some reason. Um, like Juve always seemed to be quite Italian through and through mainly because Trapattoni was manager for the, the majority of it but then like you know you, you, you're like your Lazios your Romas your Palmers were slightly more crazy you know like uh, obviously Dino Aspria played for, for Palmer and Palmer had that incredible sides um the, the, to the late 90s going into the early 2000s with uh, Lilian Taram and Cannavaro and Buffon and, and, and everyone else so it, it was it was it always seemed to stand out more. And then you would obviously have your English players that would pop up there, like David Platt, Paul Ince, and obviously most significantly in this country um, in terms of Italian football coverage was Paul uh, Gaza Gascoigne, uh, who really kick-started um, Football Italia, Gazetta, Football Italia, whatever you want to call it, uh, on Channel 4 with James Richardson. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, again, it was that, like... Did we watch probably the same World Cups? Maybe like how old were you when, when Italian ninety was was on? Two. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Right, so that shoots my theory down. Um, so yeah, so Italian ninety. I, I was ten. Um, I remember obviously watching Italian ninety all the way through. Uh, I remember bits of eighty six, but not a lot of it because again, I'd have been six. Mm. But Italian ninety was, was was the first World Cup I remember watching from start to finish, uh, or as close to it as I could do because obviously I had a bedtime and everything. Yeah. Um, but like just getting into that uh, into football in that way, and then obviously seeing you know I was Villa fan, so so David Platt going to Bari was like really upsetting for me, and then of course mm. Gascoigne going to Lazio, and then as you say, Paul Ince went to Inter. You know, again, let's not remember, let's not forget players that already um, laid that path. You know, you had um, players like uh, Luther Blissett, obviously, had gone to AC Milan. Uh, Ray Wilkins had, had he gone to Italy quite a bit as well. Maybe Mark Hately, possibly. Um, he uh, Wilkinson ended up doing commentary with Peter Brackley on on Channel Four. Um, during that, because they were my favourite commentary team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and and then so just so just watching this, so you've got. Uh, Wilkins and Brackley, and then you've got Clyde Tilsley and or Greavesy and Ian St. John on ITV commentating about Tran- Tranmere Rovers <laughs> versus Berry, and no disrespect for Tranmere Rovers and Berry, yeah. but I'm not that fussed about watching that when I've got the option of AC Milan versus Inter Milan. Um, I, I, you know, and you know what? That's just a personal preference. It is. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move this on to more in game because I do feel like. Uh, Football Italia <laughs> deserves its own episode slash maybe Patreon episode at some point. So I don't want to I don't want to chew into all of our content or our potential future content. So uh, let's talk about Syria and beyond in game. Now, I think first and foremost, before we go into again, much like the last few weeks, we've picked our five teams that we'd recommend or think could be interesting saves in FM twenty one for you guys uh, to help hopefully inspire you get those uh, creative juices flowing and then we're going to talk about uh, a role that's synonymously italian uh maybe a couple of roles uh, a bit later on but before we get in so the, the, this is something that I, I kind of made sure i jotted down because i was kind of trying to think like why do i like managing in italy so much in, in game and, and it's a few things i think i think like tactically it's interesting you know you get a lot of different formations than you usually would um and obviously the 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 it's it's yeah it's 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 a very 
cliche thing to say, but it is one of the most tactically, you know, nuanced leagues in the world. But the rules are are things that make it fun to manage in. So like having 12 substitutes on the bench is like an absolute dream of of a of a thing to have um but also as well you know i mentioned the the foreign players rule back in the 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 late 80s early 90s there is still a you can only sign two non-eu players a season and i don't know why but i kind of like that because that makes you like really zone in on your your south american wonder kids unless they're argentinian and have dual nationality with Italians but I, li- I like that I like a little bit of restriction yeah totally like and, and again it, it does mean because when when you played the old versions like Champ Manager Italia that was as you say your two foreigner rule uh and and, even, and the two points as well it was it was the league that had two points for a win and I remember when it went yes. to three points and yeah. that was like groundbreaking um to consider uh the extra point um, and again, maybe that sort of plays slightly into the league where, you know, the idea was it was a bit more defensive, you know, so you only get two points for a win rather than three. And you're right, you know, tactically, like a league that you want to... It's Right, I'm going to use a phrase, and I know it's going to sound snobby, but it's the thinking man's league. Yeah, Italy. I get that, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. You can't, just, you can't just rock up with your 4-4-2 Gengen pressing... <laughs> um, it's not going to work every single week because, it, as you say, it's nuanced. You know, it's 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 three five two, it's four five one, it's six two one. You know, or, like, or two whatever. Like it's just like all these little different parameters. Like I mean, when Benitez went to Napoli, you know, like like really just the explosion of, of just the three centre backs and and really forcing that that sort of transition from from five at the back to three at the back or. Or, uh, and and I just I just like the way that there's players go there with um, on the game you've got enough reputation to get good players so it's not like you're going to mm. say you know again unfortunately going somewhere like Holland which again is is a fun league to play Portugal which is a fun league to play but Italy has this this sort of reputation where you can still attract the best players. But as you say, you've got to be a little bit smart about your, your sort of your non-EU players. Um, there's not a great deal of money, so you've really got to start thinking who you can bring in as well. You can't just go chucking money mm. around like you can in the Premier League and go, all right, that's like 70 million quid for him. That's fine. He can sit on the bench. Like in Italy, because of how badly the teams have been managed like in real life, <laughs> and of course we'll get on to yeah. how... COVID has affected that as well um, and, and and how the new sort of transfer system appears to work in, in FM21 like managing in Italy just got a lot more difficult. So we are going to take a look at the teams that we've picked uh, so as we did last week I think that's the best format where I go, you go, I go you go, blah 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 um, so right let's see who I'm going to gonna start with here because as I know we've got a crossover somewhere. Uh, all right, I know I'm going to start. Right, my first team that I have picked out that could be a, a decent solid save for FM21 is Torino. Um, yes, 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 yes. Oh, nice choice. Yeah, so I tend, I tend nice. to sort of go towards Torino every year, if I'm being honest with you, because um, they're like a, a good little... You know, like mid-level team in 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 the league, um, they have like a really settled side. It doesn't really change every year. Like 
you, you, you know, you occasionally have like one or two new players come in, but for the most part, the last sort of like two or three editions have been like the same team and it kind of, that's nice. <laughs> you know, I, I've kind of got to know them and I'm like, all right, I know what can, can work. And, they, and they're, like, they're quite a versatile squad as well. Like you can, you can use a few different formations with them. Um, oh yeah, like I have a few different options. So yeah, I did quite like them. And obviously as well, we, we'd mentioned this on the, I think it was the books episode and we spoke about it in the past, but this, like the lore of making Torino great again, like Grande Torino, you know, in the 1940s um, side that was, was the best team in Italy, you know, uh, Erno Erbstein was, was their manager, obviously. And, and sadly that came to an end in the, in the, right at the end of the forties with the, with the, the plane crash and the, the disaster. But like, there's like that pull of like a great, historical significance of the club but then at the same time as all as well like you want to be you know how good would it be to be the team that topples Juventus by being the other side in Turin and then becoming the bigger side in Turin so like I always like Torino as a save they've got a cool kit you know uh they've got Andrea Bolotti who is just like mm-hmm. proper Italian number 10 slash number nine slash 11 slash seven. Like you could just do it all. Like, and like, how, like, why would you not want to manage him? It's just, it's just brilliant. So yeah, I'm, 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 Torino are always my sort of go-to. I might, I might, I might even play around with them a little bit in, uh, in the, in the beta as well. Um, So yeah, I'm going into Torino. Good show, man. It's a really good show, to be honest, and quite similar to to my first choice as well. And again, for for almost similar reasons. Like, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Sampdoria. Nice, good, good. Like, I think they are again like traditionally mid table, like probably again historically known as a, as a very british club i suppose you know they've got their their four four um specific stands in their stadium which you know is is very un-italian they tend to obviously have more more balls or domes um so that stands out instantly um obviously you know david platt's been there previously um Gianluca Pagliuca uh was you know famously uh one of their goalkeepers who has come out as an aston villa fan which is quite nice i like that um and also, like going back through their history, and, and and this is one thing you'll pick out when you do any research with Italian um, football clubs, is there's always a section on their history that says <laughs> decline and resurgence. So, like, and it's just a matter of whether it's in the '90s or the early 2000s. And for Sampdoria, it was the early '90s. They they really, really suffered, um, and and they just had to try and sort of restructure themselves. And again. The money was sort of badly spent. I think they had Hullet for a little bit. They had Platt for a little bit. Um, but looking at sort of the players that they've had in game, and again, maybe this is a new thing, and it's always sort of slightly stuck in the back of my head. They have, yeah. of course, had Antonio Cassano, like former FM Wonder Kid. Um, so maybe that's in there as a sort of little like, oh, maybe there's another one. Uh, just sort of floating around in the background, or I might get another Cassano. Um, so that's sort of my idea. Um, having a quick look over the current squad again, some decent players like household names include uh, Manolo Gabbiadini, um, Gaston Ramirez, Omar Coley. Uh, then, then, of course, I mean, I don't know if this is still true. Antonio Candreva, 
unknown from India. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. it's, he's gone the other way, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not too sure if he's there this season, but yeah, yeah, he spent time there. No, I think he's gone, hasn't he? He's gone back, hasn't he? So, um, he's gone somewhere else. Uh, oh, and my Ishida. They're essentially, they've, they've got Southampton's side, <laughs> really. So they're, 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 I, oh, I've taught myself out of this. They're they're Italian Liverpool. I don't like no, it now. They're not, the... they're not. They're not. <laughs> you, you 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 would love Sampdoria. They play bloody four four two, and they have absolutely no exactly. and no aspirations as a club. Like their club vision is literally just do what you want. Yeah, just don't get relegated. It's fine. <laughs> like perfect, perfect. We're not going to fill the corners in on those stand stadiums either. So even when you go and speak to the board about expanding the stadium, just all that happens is each of your four stands get taller. Nice. I love it. Uh, good. Beautiful. Right. <laughs> good choice. I like that, actually. I do I do quite like Samp as a, as a as a team. And again, like, you know, every team we're going to pick on this list, it's going to be like with the asterisks of they've also got a really cool kit. And Sampdoria have a really cool kit and always have had. Oh, the Sampdoria kit is beautiful. It's like an iconic, isn't it? Mm. Like... Those stripes across the middle. Oh, it's great. Oh, so good. Uh, talking of nice kits, but a, a club that does have aspirations for, for more. Uh, my my second pick uh, for a team potentially to take up on FM21 is AS Roma. Yeah, they've got some very smart kits, haven't they? And they're, they're quite good. They are quite yeah. good, Roma. So, so, so here's the thing. Right. They are, they are good but they aren't as good as they arguably should be. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying the word because I'm I'm not putting the clacks in it again this week. Uh, but they are obviously one half of the capital in terms of football clubs. But they haven't won a league in twenty bloody years. Uh, the other side haven't won uh, a league in about twenty years as well. But yeah, there's like that that carrot dangling in front of them that like not only do you want to be you know manager at Roma who has history all these great players you know that mentioned at the beginning even though I was talking about Fiorentina days they obviously had Gabriel Batistuta you know they had uh, Fabio Capello as a manager uh, there's uh, you know a, a little player that might have gone down as like a, a demigod in Rome but called Francesco Totti, maybe. Um, like, they, they've got all this history and stuff, but they also have this thing of, like, you want to be the one that restores glory to, to Rome, right? Just so you could have Peter Drury do amazing commentary over <laughs> over your games. Um, do you remember that Manolas goal in the Champions League, like, a couple of seasons ago, and Peter Drury's yes. commentary? Yes, yes, I do, actually. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> But, about like uh, a, 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 a Greek god rising from the Roman like ashes or something it was, wasn't it? It was oh, just peak P- uh, Peter Drury, best in the business now that Barry Davis has retired. But the thing is, like, if, I mean, and I know, I know you don't, but if you did YouTube content creation, like, you know, you would have a great time with Roma. Like you could make a right story mm. like with, with a Roma save. And I know that's why they are really popular uh, on 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 YouTube content creation, like, but you're right. All the building blocks are there, and and I I, I didn't realize it'd been 20 years since they won the title. I genuinely thought that yeah, they yeah, yeah. won it, it, it more recently. And then look at the players nope. that they've had over the past. As you say, like it's almost criminal that some of these players haven't won a trophy. 
Um, and I think what's what's interesting as well with like this this squad, you know, uh, this season and, and and last season, there's like a quite a ni- nice mix of players. So like they've got Lorenzo Pellegrino, uh, they've got uh, Nicolo Zanilo, obviously, who's like you know wonder kid slash heir to Totti's throne in terms of in-game, maybe not real life. Uh, and they've got uh, Brian Cristiante as well. They're all like players in their 20s, you know, early to mid-20s. And then obviously you've got more experienced players in in that side as well. So there's like quite a nice balance to them as, as, a, as a squad. Um, and I think they have got some good youngsters like because um, I definitely went Roma a little bit this this year on, on, on 20. Uh, and then I definitely had a few people coming through um, from, the, from the youth team that, that were pretty good. So I think... I think they're quite an interesting... So, you know how we were talking about Sevilla last time around, about, like, how Sevilla are are set up Mm -hmm. to potentially be, you know, an an immediate challenge. Like, I think, like, Roma might also be that sort of club. Yeah, I I completely agree. And and, and I think what you've said there is quite interesting. Again, it'll maybe touch upon a few of the other teams that we mentioned as we go through. And it's that Italian football is in a transition, like... All of the players that we've known and loved who all had careers spanning 45 years somehow, like, they all retired. Bars Latan, of course, who's, you know, keeps signing eight-year contract extensions. But Italy now need to get these younger players coming through. And, and you're right, like, you know, now that Roma have a potential heir to the Totti throne, like, they have to adapt and and make things different and and if you're used to playing as Roma on the game with Totti there and you know that position's already taken it forces your hand to again think differently and uh, and that's what I like about this you know because a lot of the 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 elder statesmen and the stalwarts this is the year that they're not in the game like the last couple of years probably so it is a very very different playing field that, that we're all on this year so so that's quite interesting yeah I think Lorenzo Pellegrini um, not Pellegrino like I said before an idiot um, Pellegrini is like air to be captain air to be like Roma for life like sign him down to a major contract and like he'll be the guy that leads you into the, the, the next level of glory and of course like always have to mention as the final note when you pick Roma uh, another good reason to pick Roma is fuck Lazio. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> so who's your second pick, Tony? Uh, my second pick is Lazio. No, it's not. Um, it's, it's not. Uh, it, well, we, we, we've spoken about this before. Again, like historically, and I'm going to make an apology to all the listeners right now, okay? Um, back in the day, okay, I didn't realise Lazio's history, okay? So when I would, what was watched uh Gazette. Um I would I would actually look out for, for Lazio's results. You know, Gascoigne was there, so I thought, oh you know, that'll be all right. Giuseppe Signori was there. I had terrible hair when I was a youngster, looked a bit like Giuseppe Signori, thought that's who I'd go for. But nope, 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 not after doing a bit of research. Uh very much distanced myself from them. And I'm glad Pavel Nedved left as well. So um not gonna be Lazio on this save. I am gonna be, however, quite possibly another former former giant who, in true Italian fashion, had some financial difficulties and a decline and a resurrection, and they are now back. Palmer. Yes. Yes. Palmer are back. They're not in the Sunday leagues or wherever they got relegated to a few years back. Um, They've finally made their way all the way back into Serie A. Um, Again, you know, already people who 
I say Palmer, in your head, you've already got that white jersey with the yellow and blue pattern down the sleeves, Palmerlat written across the front. Uh, maybe you're visualising Gianfranco Zola. Maybe you're visualising um, Chiesa, maybe, mm. or Thomas Brolin. Um, you know, lo- loads of players who, who may or may not have played for Palmer um, in the past. But now... Now I think that they're they they're due a good a good save, I reckon. Um you know, historically very very again, one of the reasonably successful but not overly successful Spanish clubs. And of course, one of the most famous ones for, for being declared bankrupt and well just you know, dropping do you know, dropping all the way. Do you know how many times they've reformed? <laughs> I don't know. Seven. Uh, <laughs> so obviously they were founded on on the sixteenth of December, nineteen thirteen, which is where the the, the name of the club currently uh, is yeah. called Palma Calcio, nineteen thirteen. Uh, yeah. They then reformed again in nineteen thirty. Then they reformed in nineteen sixty seven. Then they ch- again changed in nineteen seventy. And then obviously they went bankrupt quite famously uh, in the in the in the two thousands. And then came back uh, in June two thousand and four. And then July two thousand and fifteen. And then finally, uh, yeah, yeah, their current. I think that, yeah, it's it's it's. So I think they might have just changed their name, but their current form officially was July two thousand and sixteen, which is a uh, Parma Calcio uh, nineteen thirteen. So uh, yeah, they've just been bought out as well by um, uh, Kyle Crows. I think his name is his American guy, um, and like he he did a he did an interview in. Um, the athletic with uh james horncastle about like how he wants to restore like palmer's you know history and then their success and stuff so like new ownership might be a bit of money in the, in the kitty to to push on and, and recreate those uh uh lillian Taram days and cannavaro and all, all the rest yeah absolutely so so it, it does it does definitely lend itself to to uh it sounds strange to say that there's a rebuild save going on with a club in Serie A, but I think if anyone's going to do a rebuild save, it's definitely Palmer. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I just think there's definitely, again, it's that club. If if you get it right, oh, they're going to build a statue of you. I mean, they won't yeah. be able to afford to get it finished. It'll just be your legs, but. <laughs> They'll they'll build something, and then, then creditors will come in and take it away. Yeah, they uh, yeah, I, I like I like it. I like it again. Like the, there is definitely teams on this list um, for 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 both of us that are just there for sentimental reasons. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> I think every club is sentimental. Uh, yeah, really. yeah. Um, one club that isn't sentimental for me is my third team uh, because they are maybe maybe they're the new Palmer in to- in terms of being adored by the neutral on a European scale because uh, my third team that I have picked is Atalanta good pick good pick because of course it had to be me that picked them um, because they're really really hipster so there we go um, but no like everyone that's watched Atalanta in the Champions League um, over the last sort of two seasons have all fallen in love with just how mental uh, their football is um, Gasparini has been like because I love that Italy do this. Like Italy produced these like like elder state statesmen like managers that just have like batshit crazy tactical ideas. And like in terms of like uh, a European stage or a world stage, 
they like they aren't exposed until they're, they're like at the end of like this mad journey that they've been on and then like they come out into the wide like the wider world and everyone's like what the fuck is going on like um zemmons obviously like the most notorious one for that and like you know gasparini has a bit of a a whiff of that about him because obviously he's been managing in, in, in italy for years and years and years and years and you know even you know atalanta aren't an overnight success uh under him but in terms of like a like a world sk- a, a stage and a European stage, it's, it's only really been in the last two seasons where um, they've sort of come out and, and and shown what kind of football they play. Or you know, like it, it's it's that that thing of like obviously they lost five nil to Liverpool in real life the other day, but <laughs> there isn't a chance that they're going to change what they do. They're going to go for it again. Like it's just you know, and, and the Ajax the Ajax game they had um, Champions League recently it was one of the best games of football I've watched because it was just mental like competitive but also just like full-on attacking and like it was brilliant brilliant to watch and they're just a great team to watch and I think that's that's what kind of makes them fun and then obviously the situation that you had with 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 the pandemic in 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 Bergamo uh, and how horrific and, and and terrible it really was there uh for, for for that community and how they they rallied around this Atalanta team that went so much further in Europe than than anyone ever, ever expected them to and I I, I like that that's that's a feel good story now I'm not look it's it's <laughs> I, I it's it's too strong to say they are like leads in that sense but they are certainly <laughs> not just like the neutrals favorite you know what I mean like I'm not getting onto that media sort of slant of like oh you know everyone's second favorite team Leeds United as everyone in the the UK goes fuck off no one likes Leeds uh and even Leeds fans are like fuck off we don't want you to like us that's what makes us fun so like I think like Atalanta maybe have been misplaced as uh the neutrals favorite but um I think yeah I think it's gonna be super fun and I think I genuinely think it's gonna be one of the most popular saves on on fm21 uh, in terms of content and stuff like that because i get it like why would you not want to play mental attacking football with wing backs and rotations and short interchanging passing like yeah i get it yeah i think you're right i think it it is the most anti-seria team like in terms of its setup because as you say it's it's pressing and attacking which is not italian football at all italian football is you know, slowly build up from the back and hold possession and and draw your report out. Whereas Atalanta are like, get in face. Yeah, but I think that's why every Italian, like significant Italian team that doesn't play in the quote-unquote stereotypical Italian way always stands out because I do think there's this false, false, false thing of every Italian team is super defensive. Like, they're not like it's it's like obviously you you, you do you um you know there, there is there is some teams that are obviously going to sit back and counter or you know even sit back in the, the the deepest of low blocks but you know like there isn't many teams that are you know the, you know big teams that play like that now even like you know the current milan side the current inter side you know considering they're managed by conte they're not really that defensive. You're like you can't be a defensive team if you've got Romelu Lukaku and uh, Lautaro Martinez up front. But yeah, I, I, it is it is always telling that when like the Italian sides that stand out a significant are always the ones that sort of seem to shun that uh, Catanaccio sort of history. Uh, yeah. Anyway, right, uh, Tony, who is your third pick? Okay, so I'm going to go with one that we well. I'm going to go with one that we both thought about, and, and I'm, I'm going to claim it, okay? 
And again, I'm on a nostalgia trip. Okay, I'm very, very 90s when it comes to things that I like. And I like the colour purple. And let's face it, any club that had a sponsor with Nintendo on the front of their shirt is A-OK by me. So step forward, former bankrupt football (laughs) team, Fiorentina. That's my pick now. Um, Again, we're going to use the phrase, because we've used the phrase a lot, if you can get this club right, you can get this club right. Um, Former notable players, I'm sure you're already in your heads, running around. Batty Gull, we've already mentioned him. Um, you you mentioned that you paid homage to him on your uh, on your intro rap. Hidetoshi Nakata again. I didn't I didn't mention him for Palmer. Did he play for Palmer as well? I didn't think he might have done. But I always class him as a Fiorentina guy. He's a Fiorentina lad. He rocked up. What a player that fella was. Um, Rui Costa oh, again came through the, Nakata, through at Fiorentina. Um, just. Just, oh, just wonderful, wonderful scenes of big, baggy purple shirts. Um, and again, like, you know, the fans are like the La Viola, like they're just, it all just felt right. Like just a club, you watch them and you can just see it. Like there's an identity there. And then you talk like, I hate to say it, you talk like a Leeds or something. There is an identity there. You know, you talk like, for example, a Newcastle. You feel there's an identity there even when you watch on TV. Like, Fiorentina, I get that from the fans just watching on the TV. And I think in-game, again, there's so much scope you can do. Uh, you could do four four two quite easily with, with Fiorentina. Or you could mix it up and play with a third striker. <gasps> like, oh. Obviously, as well, they have, they have Frank Ribery <laughs> at the minute, which is just... I mean, a madness. Um, you know, because um, uh, Nakata played for quite a few uh, Italian teams. He played for Roma. Roma's the one that I always think of when I think of him. Uh, but, you know, when he retired, he became a male model <laughs> in Japan. Like, he's, yeah, like, he's, like he's, he's 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 huge in Japan. Like, he's a massive, like, oh, he's a superstar. icon. Like, uh, he's really, yeah, he's, like, a really, really famous. Um, like, Shunsuke uh, Nakamura, uh, the, you know, the player that used to play for... Celtics, obviously, quite yeah, not the WWE superstar. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, other Nakamura's are available. Um, but yeah, he he's quite he's quite a big name. But yeah, Nagata's like massive in Japan. He's like a proper like icon. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of Fiorentina, they are my fourth pick on this as well because uh, yeah, I get it. Like I get it. Like as well. Like I think with their rise, you know, it went. It was like fourth tier to European football, mm-hmm. like quite quickly. So it's it was super impressive, but there's like there is just that pull of them. It's it's it. I think they've got like that. I think they've got the perfect like essence of what makes you know for for a non-Italian you know football fan. They've got the perfect essence of what makes an Italian team attractive. They've got you know it's a, you know they're in Florence. It's just beautiful and historic. You know, known for good food and good wine, and you know you have these images in your head of just like serenity and beauty and and Italian opera singing and all of this. And then you know you see them on the pitch and they're playing in purple like. Who plays in purple? Flipping Fiorentina. That's who plays in, in, in purple. And like, they just capture like this, this essence of what makes 
Italian football so attractive from the outside looking in and and I I I yeah I I do I do love them and and, it, and a lot of it does come down to to Batty Gold being absolutely unplayable in a Fiorentina shirt with Nintendo on the front like it just that image is just ingrained in my in my my brain for for life and and I, I always love that like and it will always pull me towards them as, as a club so yeah they're, they're definitely my fourth pick and, definitely definitely and, definitely and again they also they also fulfill the criteria of of underdogs and perennial underachievers i'm just having a look here they've only ever won the scudetto twice mm, yeah yeah in their entire history so you're just like Oh, you could, you literally build in history. Yeah. Uh, with this club. So yeah, perfect. Absolutely perfect. All right, cool. Well, um, before I, I move on to, to, to my, fi- my final pick, um, let's get your number four pick, seeing as that was my number four. Okay. You want my number four? <laughs> right. I'm going to do this one. So there's a reason. Well, there's two reasons I went with this one. Okay. Um, I've gone with Bologna. Okay. Which is a little bit sort of, that's kind of me, I guess. Um, you know, we've gone with them uh, because I have a vested interest in Bologna this season. Uh, Aaron Hickey. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Scottish wonder kid is there. So he's my man, right? I'm following his... I'm actually tempted to, to play as Bologna this year just because he's there. And and again, if you've not watched the, um, the announcement video that Bologna put out where they signed him, like... Go, it's on my Twitter somewhere. If not, Bologna have definitely tweeted. Go and have a look for it. It is the best announcement video you will ever see. Uh, so I'm interested in that to see how he gets on, and, and obviously we'll we'll control him and have fun. Um, Bologna, reasonable team again. Not ones who've broken um, huge amount of success. Um, Historically, uh, I got slightly sidetracked, by the way, and I will come back to the team. I got slightly sidetracked when I was uh, doing some research on them because when I typed into Google Bologna, um, obviously Bologna the city came up, Bologna FC 1909 came up, so a club that may have actually been the same club from day one. Um, no, absolutely not. I, I, I would, I would bet my mortgage <laughs> that they, they have been reformed at least twice. <laughs> 1909 is their pin number, I think, for their latest uh, <laughs> reincarnation. Uh, and under that was uh, Bologna Sandwich. So I had a little look at that, and the Bologna Sandwich is a sandwich common in the United States and Canada. It's known as a bologna sandwich and made from sliced bologna sausage between two slices of white bread with various condiments such as mayonnaise, mustard, or ketchup. I mean, like, I mean, just for for the fact that I was sidetracked by sandwiches. So bring yeah. it on, Bologna. I mean, it, my it team. is it is it is very you in it that you like. I mean, I'm not going to mention like, oh, what else Bologna is famous for in in the in the world of food, but I went with sandwiches yeah. rather than it's it's that's, meat based sauce. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's just yeah, all right, good good pick, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sake. Oh, Jesus. Um, Sorry, right. I got. I was like, well, what, what's going to be the best way of doing this? Do I either go with like who's actually useful to manage, or what? What would I enjoy if I went there? I, I want to manage this team, uh, this fictional football team, because then I got an excuse to eat a type of sandwich. Um, just get crack out the Parma ham when you when you're managing Parma, uh, right? Oh, I'll do that as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can do this with every team. This is the point. All right, I'm gonna. Um, well, all right. So, would I have Parma violets with Parma or with Fiorentina? Ooh, oh, so, there's uh, the thing, uh, isn't it? And, and you know, 
answers on a, tweet us listeners a, answers <laughs> on a postcard um yeah all right cool my final team i i, I thought about this I, I really took care with this and i was just like i need to find a really good final team here so i've actually gone down to syria b and i've gone uh v- venezia who are the venice football team uh their kits mid this year as well yeah yeah so they venezia have been a a club or some form of club for quite a while i think one iteration of them was in syria at some point but as you can imagine trying to uh play football and and make a successful football team in venice it's quite difficult given that most of it's on bloody water uh, and it's spread out on little islands. So they're just a really curious football club. In the, they got bought out by an American um, and he was involved with, I think he was actually involved with Bologna and he was on the board um, with Roma. And yeah, he put money into the club, invested and was like, and, and he's still the owner of the club. Um, it was really, yeah, he was like, oh, I believe in the project and stuff. And he actually ended up um, putting uh, Pipo Inzaghi in charge when he bought the club. And he uh, Inzaghi was there for quite a while. And, like, he was genuinely just trying to, like, drum up this interest and stuff. And that's why they have these really cool kits and these, like, you know, they, they, their aesthetic's really cool. And uh, there is a guy whose name's completely gone out of my head. I'm having one of those days. Uh, but he's on Instagram. Who's their official photographer? Who's who's an artist? And like they 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 tap into what Venice is this you know historically beautiful and cultured you know city and 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 they they, they want to really emphasise that, which makes them an interesting football club. On the pitch, they're pretty bang average and there's nothing really to shout about but they're very clever about how they're marketing and their aesthetics and stuff so i think that is a huge appeal for them um but i remember i remember finding out about them because copper 90 did one of their stories uh documentaries about it um and it's only like 15 minutes um but yeah check it out it's really good it's, it's a good little watch like a lot of the copper 90 stuff is especially their derby day stuff is, is genuinely fantastic but uh I, yeah i just think they'd be an interesting little save mm. just you know again like they've got a cool kit they're in a cool city really unique it's different to anything else and uh yeah maybe you could win your first scudetto with uh venezia uh yeah that's that's my final pick my final pick is not food based. is has not been swayed by my <laughs> lockdown stomach. <laughs> it has been it has been uh, picked purely on the fact that we have found another club that has been excluded from Serie A due to financial irregularities. Okay, well that's, again, that's that's the bloody claxon this week, isn't it? Like every yeah. time a club's been bankrupt, blah, 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 like, oh. <laughs> and it's none other than Palermo. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, Palermo. you know Palermo. Dead, you know, dead quiet. Nothing mad has ever happened to that football club. Like no, no a nice quiet little family-run club. Oh. <laughs> Let's be having you. Oh, they're just like a little lovely team that just goes about their own business and has been unfortunate. Um, <laughs> he is. <laughs> Here's what they've been done. And I've pulled up, while we were chatting there, I've actually pulled up when they were founded. So, founded 1st of November, 1900. Then in 1920, (laughs) and then in 1941, and then in 1987, and then in 2019. Yep. This is what we're after, isn't it? Like, um, they got relegated down to Serie D uh, last season. I think they're now up into Serie Che. 
this year. Um, Dupe has been uh, broadcasting on, on Twitch all year as, as Palermo and has had a great uh, time with them. And it's kind of like, maybe, well, first of all, I didn't realise they'd gone all the way down to Serie D until I saw it. Mm. And then I remembered all the players that Palermo have had. They've had some absolute bangers. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's why you've gone down. Yeah, because you've had all these guys like, you know, Luca Toni. Uh, as, as, as we used to play, Fabrizio Micoli, former football manager legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, was in there as well. Uh, Abel Hernandez, they've had. Um, and looking at, at what they've got now, I mean, you, Cavani, of course. Of course, Cavani. Yeah, he was there before he went to Napoli. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, looking at the squad now, it's just lads who live close to the ground by the looks of it. Um, <laughs> but again, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you could do something with them. Um, Didn't they? They had, uh, they had Diabala as well at one point. I'm yes, sure they had yes, Diabala. they did. They had like... That's mad. Yeah, they just had like this, this insane strike for Was it Diabala? They had Diabala and, and Cavani at the same time or... No, it was... Or was that instead of... Diabala and Vasquez, I think. Right, got you. I think it was Vasquez. I could be, I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, pink shirts as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pink, the pink shirts are, oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm guessing. I, I can't, I, I can't remember because it's it's Maurizio uh, um, Samparini who the owner was for the majority of this. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I can't remember why. <laughs> but I'm sure he's to blame for a lot of their problems. Um, and I'm sure there's a uh, a Galazzo episode of, of the podcast with, with, with um, James Richardson where they go into it. But yeah, like it's it's proper like Italian, like way down there. Used to be good. Oh, look at all this history and whatever. Mad owner, bankrupt a million times. It's just perfect. Cool kits, perfect in it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just trying to go back through. Uh, Javier Pastore, they had as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Sir, yeah, I remember. Sirigu, it, yeah. Sirigu in goal. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, get, I'm just getting to the bit now where they start to to boot them out. And uh, where are we at here? Um, yeah, just this is this is mad. Gattuso was their manager at one point mm-hmm. when they were in Serie B. Oh, like, this is this is brilliant. Yeah, Gilardino. Yeah, this is like yeah, like you, there's there's a right save going on here. If you fancy it and you're in the mood for a long project, because I'm guessing getting I'm guessing getting out of Serie C is really quite tricky, um, because it looks like it's four divisions, isn't it? It's like all regionalized. Um, so I don't quite know the promotion and the relegations. So that's going to be quite tricky. Plus, I'm guessing. If, if Palermo were involved, there's no money to spend. Uh, or if there is, you're probably not going to have it the following season. Um, and then, of course, Serie B, where there's still some pretty decent teams in Serie B, um, you know, due to various reasons in Italy, that teams get relegated. So I think that'll be quite a lot of fun, to be honest. So yeah. if you fancy a proper long slog, then Palermo is my pick. Um, what I would say as well, like if you if you've you, you've been listening to this, been inspired about a few teams and stuff like that, I want to find out a bit more. Um, I remember a few years ago, and I, I made sure because I googled it before we did this. Um, the Guardian ran like a really cool series about. Uh, it was like an alternative football fans guide to Italian football, and it was done by um, their name is um, the Gentleman Ultra. Um, 
or the Gentleman Ultra, which is, I think one of the guys is called Richard Hall, um, who's a journalist, and they went into all the supporters and the ultras of each club and, and their significance and blah, 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 and stuff like that. Like, um, and all of that archive, it's all archived on the Guardian website. So if you type in, like, um, the Gentleman Ultra, uh, it'll give you up a guide. It's, it's quite old now. It's probably, like, 10 years old, 9 years old. Uh, but it was really, really interesting because it was when the Guardian were, like, picking up... Um, smaller independent blogs uh, about football at the time and then bringing them in to to do series and stuff like that. So if you want to find out a bit more about clubs and stuff like that, because trust me, there is a lot, a lot of, lot of history and a lot, a lot of stuff with a lot, a lot of clubs, Um, not even just the ones on our list. So uh, yeah, like that's what kind of makes Italian football interesting. Like there is scandal and, and intrigue in history. And, you know, we've gone the whole podcast without talking about Berlusconi and his bunga bunga parties like you know what I mean and um, so there you go if you want to if, you, if you're thinking about managing Monza why don't you google Silvio Berlusconi oh good times uh not really right uh, and, and more importantly more importantly we actually managed to go the entire podcast without mentioning Tonali which yeah because we realistically we're not, we should we should have done <laughs> because we don't conform to 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 normality because instead of talking about deep line playmakers in Italian football, you're talking about sandwiches because that's what football manager therapy brings uh, in terms of content. Uh, right as we <laughs> as we <laughs> as we round out our sandwich based podcast this week, uh, we, we 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 did it a little bit in Germany, um, but we wanted to talk about roles that are significant. Uh, to certain leagues in the world. And we've picked out the uh, Traquatista in Italy uh, as as the role we're going to have a little bit of a chat about. So I, I'm going to say possibly the most controversial thing I have ever said on this podcast. Um, I have really enjoyed using the Traquatista in the AM slot. On FM twenty, yeah, all right. I think I think people are just letting that sink in a little bit there, to be honest. And as everyone screams, going, "How and why? You can't get an AM to work. You can't get an AM to work in FM twenty. Yeah, is the cries that I hear, and I think that's why everyone sort of felt that the four, the four two four was better than the the four two three one. Um, I've struggled personally. I'll be honest. I've struggled with with, with that AM rule. Um, but I think that's more down to the players that I've got rather than, than the actual tactics that I'm trying to, to use. And and I think it I think it comes down to like understanding what uh, the Traquatista is because like an Engash obviously is like is an Argentinian uh, position and and again like everyone sort of thinks of like Raquel May, which is you know kind of accurate. But you know an Engash is like a hook, like the the it's like the wall that you play passes off before, but like a Traquatista is like, you know, I'm, I was trying to think of a player that, that really is like a, a stereotypical Traquatista. So people can like imagine what that player is meant to do uh, or that role is meant to do. And and, and then Francesco Totti is, is the perfect example that I could think of. It's, it's the Italian number 10 um, because they are a goal scoring playmaker or a playmaking goal scorer, whatever way you want to word it, right? Like, you know, word it, that's what they are. You know, they're not an advanced playmaker. They're not just a creator that dribbles a lot. You know, they're not just a, a static object in the center of the pitch that you, you know, can play killer balls and stuff like that. They have to drop deep. They have to move around. And then, and then importantly, they also then are in a, it's an aggressive role in terms of an attacking 
sense because then it attacks the box and it attacks the goal to try and score. So like the demands on what is needed for that player, like if you think about Francesco Totti, like there wasn't really a hole in his game other than maybe his defensive work and his pressing work. And that's why in the game, you can't close down more of a track Quartista and, and they kind of sort of say like, hey, you might need to make up for him as a defensive uh in terms of a defensive case, but like I've loved it. Like I, I've literally had like I had a, tra- I had a track in um in a in a forty three one that I had. I've got a Traguatista in. I play like uh, two AMs with like a second striker and a Traguatista, um, and then I have like uh, an Atalanta system. Like a, it's essentially like a a five three two, but. Yeah, obviously the, tra- the track Batista. but yeah, like I, I've used I've used the a track Batista in a, quite a lot this year, and I've I've really enjoyed it. But they have to be the best player you you've <laughs> you have in your team, like to make it work. I tell you what, I'd, what I'd find interesting then, like I like I would like to go back or have like an old database maybe, and see like a a, a sort of top of his game Wayne Rooney mm. in that role, and like. Just watch how, the difference he would get in in this game, like as opposed to playing him up front or like, just behind, like but literally as playing him as a track. I think that he would be incredible on that game. And yeah. Unfortunately, that role, the players that I've had throughout my FM twenty career have not been of that standard, really. Um, and therefore, like the roles, kind of redundant for me. So I've been using more. Um, like advanced playmaker or essentially, or like even just just a, a straight up attacking midfielder. Um, like I love the idea of a number ten. Maybe for me, I'm less Traquatista, more just I want someone who plays a bit like Dennis Bergkamp. Which, you know? which like, is which, technically Dennis Bergkamp's the second uh, shadow striker. Like te- technically, yeah, exactly, like, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that that you're right. Like the the technical specifics, and you know. For people who are new to these roles, by the way, of course, I know the Traquatista is not a, a brand new role in the game, but um, some people will be coming back to the game who've had a long time out and sort of going, oh, the hell's a Traquatista? Like on FM21, there is now a visual breakdown as opposed to just a um, a written description of what the role is. You will actually see a little animation to sort of to highlight what, what we've just, what Matt's just said there about how the role works in game. So you can then look at your a little animation, look at the players you've got in your squad and think, yeah, my, my guys aren't going to do that. Like, like I can't imagine in my journeyman save the, for the first, 15 years yeah, but, but I'm going to be using it's, a track it's, it's, it's always <laughs> relevant like like attributes and like expectancies are always relevant oh yeah, 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 yeah. it's always like, relevant you can you can still get it to work it's just that you have to like focus in on key attributes like off the ball is like a must like decision making is a must composure anticipation like mentals are are a must because it's not a it's not really a physical role, even though, you know, they roam a lot, especially when, like, if you play them as a striker, like, especially as, like, a lone striker and stuff, they will literally will drift everywhere. They'll, they'll pop up as a winger or an inside forward or as a, you know, an advanced playmaker. Like, they, they will do everything. Um, much like, I, I guess, the the complete forward, but without the physical side of their game. Like, it is a mental, you know, position. Like, uh, Papu Gomez is a, is a track artista in that Atalanta side. Like, he drops deep and he, he, he sort of, roams in the central area and links the two wide diamonds together and he's you know he's the creative hub of that team you know you've also got to understand that 
in modern football, if you have a, an AM, especially in an AM slot, and you create your sole creative player, and like the emphasis on the word sole creative is that one role, they're going to get marked out of the game if you play in like a 4 3 3 and they've got a DM, you know, like you have to understand, or even worse, they play double DMs, you know, um, you know, because they hate football. Um, but like you have to understand that, that, that this player might drift in and out in terms of form and stuff like that, but if they if they're intelligent enough as a player, you know, if they've got good decision making, good anticipation, good composure, good off the ball and they can find little pockets of space, it can be one of the best roles, but it's just thinking about how you make it work. And also as well, like it doesn't need to be super complicated. Like you could literally play a four four two with a track Batista and like say, I don't know, like an advance forward or a poacher. Essentially it's just the track Batista is Burkamp and then the the poacher is on you know, the advance forward Thierry Henry. Like it's it's that straightforward really, you know? So so if if I was so say for example, I'm just thinking off off the top of my head now. So say say I load the beater up mm-hmm. next week sometime when it comes out, and I think, right, I'm gonna have a little I'm gonna go at Villa, nice and easy, play Villa. I'm I mean from what you're describing there, Grealish sounds like he could fit that track role. hundred percent Grealish. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And then as long as I've got hundred percent a McGinn or a Barkley or a, da- or a Douglas Louise behind him, then Grealish has all the attributes to fulfil that role and just terrorise, essentially, as opposed to playing him like as an engage or... Um... Yeah, I th- again, like, so the, the the only reason why, like, you know, like, I found it with the advanced playmaker. Advanced playmaker, I think it has hard-coded dribble more. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if they don't have really good dribbling, they'll always lose the ball in breakdown and transition. Whereas track, like the track Guatista is more of a, you know, it's essentially it's an advanced regista. It's it's they move constantly, move to find the space to then pass the ball, like or you know take a shot or attack, you know the the, the box. So it's that thing of like you don't necessarily have to stick like five defensive players around him. You know, you could you could have an inside, you know, forward or an inverted winger. Um, and and it, again, as long as you have that track Guatista that has good movement, that they will find space around those two wide players, and then whatever you got as a forward and stuff like that. Like, I think it's the issue is sometimes like we get caught up in like multifunctionality with our teams. Like, we want our players to do everything, whereas like the track Guatista is a role where it's like, well, actually, we just need the you know the mentals, and then obviously technical ability in terms of passing and stuff like that and and oh no, no, finishing i guess but if he gets himself in a good position yeah um but yeah it's it's i think i yeah I, as long as I suppose, I suppose you don't necessarily need finishing if you've maybe got like a poacher as well who could yeah exactly like, you know your track artista could do all the correct create the chance goalkeeper makes a save as long as your poacher's there right bang follows up and, and tucks it in nicely like i think that that where i've been maybe guilty of um this year is probably trying too many different variations and having what I feel is too much going on. Like, I think maybe I need to just simplify stuff a little bit and and just sort of go, right, I don't need... Every role doesn't need to be a, a role, quote-unquote. Like, I know yeah. they are a, a role in a sense, but I don't have to have a Carrillo, a Mazala, a Regista, and a Tracquatista all on the same team. Sometimes I just need a ball-willing midfielder and a central midfielder, and they'll work for that match. And then next week, we maybe have to be a bit more flare-driven or, or you know, someone who has a bit of form. You go, oh, actually, you're better suited from not from the wing. We can move you inside, and your attributes fit that role better. In in the in the, in the the 4-2-3-1, my double pivot, my two, is a centre midfielder and support and a centre midfielder and defend. Like, it's that. 
and then and then the two wide players are I think one of them's a, an inside forward and another side's an inverted winger and then up front I've got a complete forward but even then with a the complete forward up front like I, the reason I got my complete forward in that is that I want uh, them to have like a roam or like a movement um, so they can open up spaces for like the two wide men or, or the or the track Batista. So, you know, like my back line isn't fancy. You know, I've got like two fullbacks, maybe sometimes I put it one on a wing back and then two central defenders and a goalkeeper. Like it's not, you don't have to overthink it. Like I think sometimes we kind of like get a little bit too caught up in like, like you said, like every role being a role. Like I wouldn't, like it, it can work because everything can work, but I wouldn't play a Mazzala with a track Batista because they kind of like, you know, the, the Mazala obviously attacks the half space more and like that's where, it, you know, I guess the best way to describe Mazala is, is you know, Kevin De Bruyne for, for uh, Man City. He's like that that, that number eight who, who's kind of like not quite a winger, not quite a central midfielder, not quite a, you know, AM. He's kind of everything in between. So I, I personally, I wouldn't see the need to have a Mazala and a Trequartista. But again, that's not to say it doesn't work because everything works in Football Manager, you know, like if you, if it has some some form of logic. But yeah, I think it's, I, I, I like it as a role, you know, like, I, I, I've this year my two favorite roles I've had is is a regista and a traquatista, and the reason they've been my favorite roles is because within my team they have been that has been the most crazy role that I've used if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes total sense to be honest, and I'm, and again I'm already sort of looking more for twenty one and saying well look you know I've already said you know for, for my beta save I'm I'm, I'm going to go Dortmund so I'm like. All right, okay, maybe I've got, you know, one or two players who could fulfill that role and fit in nicely in, in a Dortmund setup. And as I say, maybe I'll have a little play around with Villa and, and that would make sense to, to get Grealish doing his thing. Um, but yeah, but just, I think, I guess that the way that I've played FM20, you know, the Tracotista's not really a role that I've ever sort of, um, found myself using. But, you know, I, I buy, I buy attacking midfielders or AMC slash forward or whatever. I buy them like they're going, going out of business and maybe they're never quite the right fit for, for what I'm doing. Um, but I like the idea that they'll fit somewhere and they never quite have that, that green circle for Traquatista. So, um, maybe, maybe it's, I've just been buying the wrong players or I've been playing with the wrong system. So potentially FM 21, FM 21 could be the year I use a Traquatista. Who knows? Yes. And, and stop believing those green circles. They're, they're not in. They're green not in circles. This year. Apparently out. they're out. No. Apparently they're gone. No, and nor should they. Misleading. Wenger out. Green circles out. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, definitely. That's my war cry. Um, right. Well, we've come to the end of our episode. Uh, I enjoyed that again. Um, do you know what else I enjoyed this week, Tony? What's that, mate? When we recorded our Freddy Ado Patreon exclusive episode yesterday. Uh, 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 uh. I, and again, like, look. We understand that that you know we it is in our in our best interest to to speak highly of our our, our new Patreon that we've set up, but genuinely that is one of the, our, our, both of our favourite episodes that we've we've ever recorded. Um, so if you did want to listen to it, so it's, it's a football manager therapy retro edition, all about Freddie Adu, uh, but we go into quite a lot actually. We go quite deep um, into we go quite deep, and then I come out with what I believe is my greatest idea ever. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and yeah. I just need to leave it there. Like, if you want to hear it, then there's a way you can hear it. But I I still stand by. I woke up this morning going, 
that's still a fucking good idea that you know <laughs> i don't know how we're gonna pull this off don't but you know don't listen to him the content's good enough because it's about freddie adu and it was a good a good episode and his nonsense at the end is a bonus but if you did want to listen to that uh and, and get a, a two bonus episodes uh every month you can do on our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy it is three pound a month uh and it's just a, a way to to help support us here on the podcast um as we always say this episodes these weekly episodes are always going to be free um so you have you're under no obligation at all but if you did want to just listen to a couple of um, extra football manager therapy retro episodes um we're going to do an xg slash data analysis episode at the end of november on november the 30th go over to patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy to check those out uh right tony um it's time to plug your stuff so where can people find you on social media uh and and on youtube okay so social media is it's at tony jameson on twitter and of course youtube is tony jameson fm that's now the actual um channel title so it's a short link as well so you can type that in and it should short fairly quickly um as we've said a few times beat a save we're going to be running is dortmund and the actual fm 21 Career is going to be a journeyman save, so that's going to last for the full entirety of the year. Of course, we'll put some bits and pieces um, going through football manager therapy related. Um, I want to plug one extra thing as well, if I may. Um, it's been a bit of a, uh, well, I need to speak a little personally, to be honest. Um, so last week was um, was my youngest son's birthday, and he was um, he was a premature baby. It's his first birthday this year. He was uh, eight weeks premature. So we wanted to kind of do something, my wife and I, um, to raise some money for for the special care baby unit that he spent a few weeks in uh, when he was born. And that was all planned for March. We were going to do that at the gym. Uh, unfortunately, you know, a little thing happened and, and everything closed down. So we couldn't do th- things in March. And uh, We then figured we would maybe try and do it in November because uh, next week is actually when this next episode will drop. Um the next episode will drop on the 17th of November. The 17th of November is World Prematurity Day. So again, we can't get into the gyms to do anything. But in my son's honour, uh, we have we have built the workout for him. Um, so if anyone is, you know, in the middle of, of, let's face it, a lot of us don't have a lot to do at the minute during lockdown. <laughs> um, so if you do want to, uh, we're not raising money for it because we, we've had to take the link down, uh, but we will do something properly next year. But if you want to do a workout just to sort of have a bit of fun um, for an hour or so, uh, if you go onto my Instagram, which is at Tony Jameson, on the 17th of November, there'll be a workout there that uh, everyone is welcome to do. And, and anybody that does it, of course, you will have my absolute gratitude uh thank you very much for doing that but i just want to uh, get that out there and I'll, I'll plug it of course in next week's as well and when we do do the fundraiser at some point next year uh, i'm sure i'll plug that as well matt how about yourself where can people find your lovely uh lovely social mediaings and anything else you wish to uh to offer the world yeah yeah i'm on, I'm on twitter at embridge it's how like you know I tweet out occasionally and whatever like you can drop me a tweet <laughs> it's 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 not that exciting i'm not gonna lie um but of course you know we on the podcast we always support free amazing causes every single week uh, and we put uh, the links in the description um, and those free causes are Black Minds Matter UK uh, Mind UK and War Child free amazing charities doing some amazing work for some amazing causes so if you've got a second uh, check out the description uh, to, to go and click on those links uh, lovely stuff right well as I always say we have reached the end of the podcast so that means take care of yourself Stay safe. 
and we'll see you on Football Manager Therapy next week.